0: Today, we're talking about fracture walking boots, which are one of the worst treatments possible for an injured runner. Hi, I'm Dr. Christopher Segler, and thanks for tuning in to the Doc on the Run podcast, where we help you understand how to keep training and running, even if you've been injured. Now, I'm sure that virtually everybody listening to this has seen someone in a fracture walking boot. Basically, it's just a big Velcro boot that functions as a cast that you can actually remove. And this sounds like a great idea because as the name implies, it's supposed to allow you to walk when you have a fracture and you need to heal some kind of serious injury. Fracture walking boots are often prescribed as a treatment for running injuries, a whole bunch of different running injuries, actually, not just fractures. But runners have a much higher price to pay for immobilization. That's. Part of the reason that it makes them such a terrible treatment for runners. So to begin, I'm going to tell you a short story that will help drive home the point of how bad this can be. So there was a patient I saw, and we're going to call her Ashley. And Ashley was a young athletic patient in her late 20s who developed a case of sesamoiditis. And sesamoiditis is just inflammation and irritations of these two little bones underneath the big toe joint that are kind of like tiny little kneecaps. But she was running daily, And her foot started bothering her. She developed actually not just sesamoiditis, but she eventually got a stress fracture in one of her sesamoid bones. And these little bones can be a serious problem, and so they have to be treated very aggressively. So... What happened is that Ashley didn't really respond very quickly to similar of simpler treatments, so she had to be placed in a fracture walking boot. But unfortunately, she was on her feet all day for her job. She also walked from Telegraph Hill to downtown San Francisco and back every day to and from work. So although she was protected and immobilized in the fracture walking boot, she was still on her foot all day, so it actually took eight weeks for the foot to heal. Now keep in mind, she was in the boot All of that time. So for two months, she was wearing a fractured walking boot. Now, the problem with this is that Ashley was really stiff and weak and uncoordinated after all that time in the boot. And additionally, she actually had some decrease in the bone density or the stiffness and strength of the bones in her foot just from being in the fractured walking boot for that two-month period. Understanding all of this and knowing that she would be at high risk of re-injury, I made some custom orthotics for her to take the pressure off the sesamoid bones and support her foot as much as possible. I really wanted to make sure that she was going to be protected when she got out of the boot and started walking. So I saw her and I fitted her for the custom orthotics and we talked about how to break them in. I explained to her that she had to kind of break them in gradually and get used to them and, and so on. Now the next day I got a call I will never forget. So Ashley was crying She said, now, I know you told me that I should break in the orthotics gradually and that I had to slowly ramp up my activity, but it was just such a beautiful day and I'd been in the boot for so long, I just felt like I had to go for a run. So I went to the marina and I ran three miles, but just before I got done, I felt this pop in my foot and it's been killing me all day. Now it's even swollen and bruised. This obviously is not a good thing. So when Ashley went for that short run on flat ground, even at a really slow pace, she actually broke her fourth metatarsal bone, all because her bones were weaker and she was stiffer and uncoordinated from all that time that she spent in the fracture walking boot. So after two months of incarceration in the fracture walking boot, she had to actually go back into the fracture walking boot for another six weeks to get the metatarsal fracture to heal. The problem with fractured walking boots isn't that it's a terrible treatment by itself, it's just that it's a terrible treatment for runners. And when I had a standard practice with a broad mix of patients that included both athletes, typical sedentary patients, elderly patients, all kinds of patients, I put patients in a fractured walking boot almost every single day. Now it's a pretty rare thing because I only see athletes, and I truly believe that a fractured walking boot is almost as bad as surgery when it comes to treating a runner. The reason it's so terrible is that runners get four different problems that actually happen just from being in the boot. And I think it's important that you understand each of these. The first thing that happens is that you get stiffer. This isn't really complicated. If you don't move anything, it starts to get stiff and you get scar tissue that forms all around your ankle. The tendons, the ligaments, everything around your ankle and your foot starts to get stiffer when you've been immobilized in a fractured walking boot. The second thing is weakness. This isn't really surprising. Every runner knows that when you don't exercise, you get weaker. You're either getting stronger or you're getting weaker. And when you immobilize your foot in a boot so that you're not not using it you're not moving it you're not pushing off the same way you're going to get weaker the third thing is decreased bone density so believe it or not when you're immobilized in a fracture walking boot the bones actually start to get weaker the bone stock or the thickness and density of the bones actually decreases Obviously, that's not a good thing. That can put you at risk of stress fractures or an additional fracture like Ashley had once you stop using the boot because the bones are weaker. So when you start running, you're more at risk of injury. The fourth thing that happens is something that most doctors don't really talk about that much, but you get a loss of neuromuscular connections. Now that is also really important. So the way that your muscles work in a coordinated fashion to support your ankle and your foot when you move, walk, and run, you start to lose those when you're not moving the foot. So if you keep it immobilized for a long period of time in a fracture walking boot, basically your brain isn't as thoroughly connected to your foot. And that becomes an additional problem because it makes your form worse. And we all know as runners that when our form falls apart, we become more at risk of injury. So let's talk about each of these in a little bit more detail and talk about some of the research that's been published in medical journals to help you understand how important it is to try to avoid using a fracture walking boot if at all possible when you have a running injury. The first thing we're going to talk about here is weakness. So, weakness is something that all doctors talk about. Everybody knows that you get weaker when you're not using something. If you stop running, you're going to get weaker. If you stop working out, you're going to get weaker. Well, a study published in the Scandinavian Journal of Rehabilitation Medicine actually showed that there was a 28% reduction in ankle dorsiflexion strength after just six weeks of immobilization. And believe it or not, even short-term immobilization can have a profound effect on the amount of strength that you have or do not have. A study in 2015 reported that there was a 23 to 28% reduction in leg contraction strength after only two weeks of immobilization of the leg in a brace and using crutches. Perhaps even more importantly, that study showed that after six weeks of aerobic retraining, there was an increase in strength, but not full recovery or a full rebuilding of the muscular strength that had been lost due to the immobilization during that two-week period. Now, another study showed that there was anywhere from 35 to 8% decrease in leg muscle mass after only five days of wearing a cast on a leg. Five days! I mean, can you imagine that? Normally, runners don't take five days off, but if you took five days off because you were traveling for work or something, you wouldn't think that it was really that crucial. But can you imagine a 8% decrease in leg mass after only five days? Now, of course, many times when you're told to use a fracture walking boot, the doctor will recommend crutches or some other form of non-weight bearing like a knee walker or a rollabout or even a wheelchair. No surprise, this is not good for athletes. A study published way back in 1992 showed that after six weeks of using crutches to keep one foot non-weight bearing, there was a 17% decrease in muscle strength. So if you're using a fracture walking boot and crutches to keep the foot off the ground, there's a more significant and more rapid loss of muscle strength. On top of all this, if you happen to be a female athlete, things are even worse for you. A study in the Journal of Applied Physiology showed that immobilization-induced loss of muscle strength is greater in women when compared with men after 14 days of immobilization. The next thing we're going to talk about is decreased bone density. This is the Doc on the Run podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. What's a virtual doctor visit? The idea of not running at all while waiting for my foot to heal was simply depressing. I really needed a second opinion from an expert, someone who specializes in helping runners But frankly, I just couldn't afford the cost of a house call. I saved enough money to pay for my next marathon registration. You will have an appointment with Dr. Segler, whether it's via Skype or on the phone. You can expect, one, he's going to be on time. Two, he's going to be able to spend more time with you than the typical uh, visit in a doctor's office. And both of those are going to result in more effective diagnosis and treatment plan for you. The next thing we're going to talk about is decreased bone density. Now, we know that bone density can decrease any time a foot or leg is immobilized, and particularly if it's suspended in the air when using crutches. But what many people don't realize is that there have been studies that actually show that after a period of disuse, you can get decreased bone density that may never come back. There was one study I found that actually evaluated the bone mineral density in the lower leg after hip fractures. Researchers found that there's a significant reduction in bone mass remaining one year after the fracture. Even after five years, there'd been some return and some improvement in terms of the bone stock and the bone mineral density, but it had still not improved back to baseline. It still wasn't normal after five years. The obvious concern is that having decreased bone density after you've recovered from an injury and started training again can put you at higher risk of a fracture in the future. So this is one of those things where you get an injury, you try to recover from the injury in a fracture walking boot, you get some decreased bone density. Then for the next several years, you're actually at higher risk of developing another fracture or another similar injury. In addition to the muscular weakness and the actual weakness in the bones, you can also get loss of neuromuscular connections or loss of the connections between your brain and the muscles that stabilize your foot. Now, most people wouldn't really think that there's a big problem with immobilizing the foot or ankle at all for a short period of time. But one study showed that with only one week of immobilization of the ankle, there's loss of strength and balance. And from that study, the authors concluded that the reduction in strength and balance was mainly a result of neural imbalances or decreased nerve function. Basically, what happens with this is that when you're not actively using the muscles in a coordinated fashion, your muscles get less connected to your brain. So the neuromuscular units don't fire in sync and they don't fire in as coordinated a fashion. This isn't really a big surprise probably to most runners because we know that when running with good form, things feel right, you feel strong, you feel like everything's moving in a coordinated fashion. That's part of the goal of speed work. So with speed work, we go to the track and we run and we try to get as many muscles to be recruited, as many muscle fibers firing at the same time. Now this is kind of analogous to a rowing team. If you look at any effectively moving rowing team All of the people are pulling at exactly the same time. In the same moment, they want to move in sync and pull as hard as they can all at the same time. In fact, there's usually a coach or a person sitting in the boat telling them when to pull. It's really important to move in a coordinated fashion. When you sit still and you immobilize the foot, Those neuromuscular connections that connect your brain to your foot and tell all of those nerve fibers and muscle motor units when to pull at the same time to get you to move in a coordinated fashion with good form, they all get weaker. And then as a result, everybody's not pulling at the same time. Some people have an oar in the water, and some people are just staring off at the horizon. When that happens, the rowing team's not moving as effectively. If you want to run with good running form, you have to have strong neuromuscular connections, and those start to rapidly degenerate after you've been immobilized in a fracture walking boot. Now, the other thing that happens is stiffness, is this is not really surprising. So when you wear a fracture walking boot, you start to get scar tissue forming around all of these structures made of collagen. Everything that you have in terms of a tendon, a ligament, a joint capsule, all of those things that hold the bones together and help connect the muscles to the bones, they're all made of collagen. When you lock your foot and ankle up in a fracture walking boot, you start to get scar tissue forming because nothing's moving. This happens pretty quickly and it really can become incredibly stiff. So my personal experience with this was that I had a reconstructive knee surgery many many years ago when I was racing motorcycles and I was in a full-length knee immobilizer for 8 weeks. So basically my knee was held completely straight for 2 months. And when I took it off and the first time I was allowed to get in the shower, I will never forget. I actually stepped into the bathtub and I almost fell over because I felt like there was a telephone pole between my hip and my foot. I could I could not even feel my leg. I could barely tell where my foot was because of all the loss of neuromuscular connections. But more importantly, I couldn't bend my knee at all. Not at all. I mean, not even a little bit. So when I went to physical therapy the first time, they said, okay, now this is gonna hurt. And they physically started to bend the knee and it was breaking up all of the scar tissue around my knee that had formed during that period. And that was incredibly painful. It did work, I did get the motion back. But the point of this is that all of that scar tissue starts to form when you hold any joint still. So when you lock up your foot and your ankle, you have a real problem in terms of developing stiffness. The other problem with the stiffness is not just that it feels stiff, is that basically, you know, you have to think about your foot. It's a lever on the end of your leg. It's a supple lever and it's one to designed to absorb impact and then allow you to push off. But... When you make it stiffer, it doesn't absorb impact as effectively. So if it gets stiffer because you've been immobilized in a boot, then your Achilles tendon has more tension on it. All of the metatarsal bones have more pressure applied to them when you push off because everything is stiffer in that lever. The whole system has more force going through it during a shorter period of time. That's not a good thing. When you have a stiffer foot and you land on it and you're running, you decelerate over a shorter period of time. So all of this stuff together, the stiffness, the weakness, the loss of neuromuscular conditions, the decreased bone density, they all work against you when you want to return to running and you want to continue training. The next thing we're going to talk about is a myth that I've heard, and it's the six-week myth. Six weeks is a commonly prescribed time frame for athletes who suffer a stress fracture or severe tendonitis issue, and they've been placed in a fracture walking boot, but six weeks is not right for everyone. For example, when I was in medical school, I got a stress fracture. So I had to go to the student clinic, which of course had some of the professors there as the attending doctors. Now, I was told I had to wear a fracture walking boot for six weeks. I canceled the trip. I canceled the thing I'd been training for. And then I sat around wearing this boot for a month and a half. Now, I clearly remember that about a week and a half into wearing the boot, I was at home watching television after coming home from studying. I was pushing on my foot. I was pushing on the metatarsal where I had the stress fracture and I had zero pain. Now, in retrospect, I probably could have stopped using the boot right then, but I was not going to be that idiot, the student who disregarded all of the advice of a surgery professor and then ended up with a non-healing fracture. So I continued to wear the boot out of fear, basically, but it was unnecessary for me. I did not really need to use the boot all that time. And the longer you're in the boot, the worse things get. So this is clear from all of the research. So the longer you're in the boot, the worse it is. So if you can get out of the boot sooner, it's definitely better for you. So it would have been better for me if I could have gotten out of the boot when the pain stopped and when the metatarsal actually calmed down, but instead I wore it for six weeks. Now I am quite certain that it's better with all runners to try to get them out of the boot as early as possible and using six weeks or some other arbitrary time frame to determine when you get out of the boot is not really the best idea. The longer you're in the boot, the worse it gets. Locking up the foot and immobilizing it in a fractured walking boot is a terrible thing for an athlete. After only four weeks of immobilization, you can have anywhere from a 20% to 60% reduction in muscle diameter. And all of that weakness and loss of muscle strength puts you at higher risk of re-injury because the muscles dynamically absorb force when you land when you're running. If the muscles are weaker and the bones and tendons have to absorb all of that force... When you start running again, you have to deal with all of the problems that occur as a consequence of being immobilized in a fractured walking boot. Now, just to be clear, these four problems that we've talked about happen in all patients after they've been immobilized in a fractured walking boot. However, you as a runner have a much higher price to pay because you plan to be active after you get out of the boot. Now the truth is, and like I referred to earlier, when I had a standard private practice with a standard group of patients, I used to put people in fracture walking boots almost every day. But during that time, I had a standard mix of patients, included some athletes, some average sedentary Americans, and some elderly people too. If you take a patient whose idea of activity is playing bingo and you immobilize them in a boot and they develop some weakness, well, how would they ever know? They don't really do anything anyway. If you take an average American who watches television on the weekend and really doesn't do that much activity in terms of exercise, they also don't really notice if they have a little bit of stiffness or weakness in the foot. And because their overall level of activity is so much lower than any runner, they really aren't that much higher risk of getting injured again when they get back to activity because what they consider to be full activity would be considered rest for a runner. They're really just not applying enough stress to really put themselves at risk after they've been immobilized in a fracture walking boot. But not true for runners. You have to have higher standards for your own medical care when you're a runner. And you have to find a doctor that supports your idea of activity and and your pursuit of running. The stakes are just higher for you. The weakness, the stiffness, the loss of neuromuscular connections, all of those things can conspire against you to put you at a risk of re-injury if you're not careful. So the big take-home message here is to make sure that you discuss your athletic goals and your running routine and your long-term running goals with your doctor and make sure that your doctor understands your need to recover as quickly as possible so that you can return to running as strong as possible. If you and your doctor work together, you can develop some creative ways to heal any injury and make the most of your recovery so that you really can return and get back to running being as strong and fast as ever. So if the doctor's told you to wear a fracture walking boot, the point isn't to tell you to neglect the doctor's advice. You should always do whatever the doctor recommends for you. The point of this is to make sure that you communicate effectively with your doctor, explaining your desire to get back to running as quickly as possible, and then try to figure out if there are any things that you can do to make that heal faster and get out of the boot sooner. That will definitely work in your favor.